Hey, Fifth Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What is up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Subjectively Speaking. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And Laura, we've got real life hockey to talk about. We've got Blue Jackets games to talk about. Not the preseason ones, not the ones that don't count, but we're talking about the ones that count. And we've got some good stuff to talk about here on this episode of Subjectively Speaking on uh, our listeners' Mondays. If this is when you're listening to it, that's when the episode's coming out. But if not, happy whatever day it is. How are you doing today, Laura? I'm doing great because as of Sunday... October 17th, 11.54 p.m., the Columbus Blue Jackets are undefeated. Yeah, not something that I necessarily had pegged going into the weekend. I definitely thought that that game against the Coyotes was one that they should win. Uh, They do. But I did not necessarily know if the game against the Kraken was going to go the way that it did, and and it did. Obviously, the Blue Jackets securing a win in overtime, which we'll talk about how weird that felt, because it feels like it's been a millennia since the Blue Jackets have won a game in overtime. But they did it, and they are 2-0. Yes, but I think it's more fun if we start first with our exciting and fun time that we had at the season and home opener on Thursday, the 14th of October. Um, it was such a fun day. Uh, we yeah. got down to the arena district early. Um, we went to our bar, um, saw our friend Dina. Shout out Dina. Does some incredible work with our lovely AHL affiliate, Cleveland Monsters. Uh, you got to have yourself a, I don't even know what the beer is called. Do you know what the beer is called? I know it's blue. It is the Union Blue Lager by our friends, the Union Blue Soldiers at Endeavor Brewing. Yes, and you gave it a two thumbs up. It was pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty good. I was not mad about it. I'm not a beer girl, so like I didn't feel appropriate judging it (laughs) because I don't really like any beer, so it wouldn't have helped. But it was very pretty. <laughs> it was, um, yeah. Yeah, and then we got to have one of our favorite pregame meals, a pizza from our friend Spencer over at Wizard of Zaw, and it was delicious as usual. This is another um, one of those moments where I think to myself, my God, we do a lot of free advertising on the show. We do, but it's because we love people and we're this is true. This is true. We're the people's podcast. That way. But then not so much free advertising was the start of um, the party on the plaza outside of the arena um, to really get things going before the game started. Uh, We met up with friends. Shout out to Steven and Rachel. um, And we participated in our first ever march to the arena, which shockingly went better than uh, for us because we ended up on TV. So... That was exciting. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. Us and our however many minutes of fame that we try to get by just being in the 
right or wrong place at the right or wrong time. But I mean, I didn't intend to be on TV that day, but it just happened. So. And that's okay. Yeah, 100%. And that's the life that we live now. But, uh, but yeah, I think just being down there, all the pregame festivities were just so nice to be a part of and to watch happen. I think it goes back to this idea of like, we are not in normal yet, but it is it like with everything that happens that is even a semblance of normal. It's just so nice to be able to have the opportunity to do so. And, and that's how this weekend felt. That's how Thursday felt. That's how Saturday felt. Uh, you know, obviously goes without saying that the arena being full is just such a different feel. Uh, it's a feel that you you don't really realize how much you miss it. You know, of course, being able to get back into the arena last year when we were fortunate enough to do so, you know, only having 2,500 people in there, but it's still feeling like the, the you thought it felt like the building was full because it was something that you weren't used to. But but now, right, that the building's full, you just you just remember all the moments of that place feeling like the roof was going to blow off. <laughs> and, uh, and some of those moments happened again this weekend. And it just like was so nice to, to be a part of and to see. Yeah. It was definitely like such great energy to be back in the arena, back at full capacity with fans, even with masks, um and you know abiding by the the different precautionary measures it's the most normal hockey has felt in such a long time basically since march 1st you know 2020 which was our last game before the shutdown um and yeah it was it was awesome it was just so great and obviously as everyone knows and it's been all over um you know, our season opener kicked off with a beautiful tribute to Matisse Kivlenix. And there was not a dry eye in that arena. I mean, we were all just weeping in some way, shape, or form. Um, it was absolutely beautiful, the tribute that the team put together for him, as well as having his mom and stepdad and his godmother and his little sister, who is so sweet, um, come out to do a, cer- a ceremonial puck drop. Um, and, you know, the picture's been going around all over the place, but one of my favorite pictures from that evening is is Boone giving uh, Matisse's little sister a hug after um, after they did the puck drop and just really being very captainly. Um, in that moment. And yeah, it was just, it was, it was phenomenal. And the game hadn't even started yet. And we haven't even started with just the absolute pandemonium that happened during that game. Um, Cause in case you don't know this, the blue jackets scored eight goals in one game. We sometimes had to go two weeks before we got to eight goals in seasons yeah. past. But we weren't playing Carter Hutton, and that is the problem. <laughs> um, you know, he looked bad. Like, I'm not usually one to, to get on the show and, like, say anything about that. But um, he let up almost six goals more than analytically, like, uh, the expected goals that the Blue Jackets had in that game. And so, for a lot of reasons, Brad Larson, in some ways, and, and you know, um, agree, disagree, whatever, uh, in his pre- uh, post game <laughs> was like, I don't know if the game looked that great. Like 
it definitely probably wasn't actually an eight two game. I mean, I think if you have anybody in net who's able to to perform even half as uh, even capable <laughs> as Carter Hutton was, um, that game looks entirely different, right? Like, um, you know, Elvis actually played a lot better than uh, than I think he got credit for too. I think he saved, I believe it was one um, one goal above replacement. So. Um, you know, a good overall performance from one goaltender and a not so great performance from another. And that led to some, some blue jackets really raking in the points on, on Thursday. Uh, as we tweeted, Oliver Bjorkstrand was on pace for 328 points. Um, after, <laughs> after the first game of the season. Now, um, now he's only on pace for what's that quick math, 164. So, uh, you know, maybe he gets there. Maybe he gets there and still makes Connor McDavid look like a punk. Uh, but, you know, it's hard to take things away from that game in some ways. And maybe this is me being a pessimistic fan, but it's it's just like that game is was weird. That was really weird. I'm happy that we won it, of course. And it was fun to, to chant eight times and hear the cannon eight times. And, of course, the Coyotes never want to hear that damn cannon again. But, uh, you know an interesting one to say the least in our position where we have to talk about the game because <laughs> I don't think you can come to a lot of conclusions from that one. Yeah. It's definitely not going to be an all the time thing. And you'll definitely see that in our comparison to Saturday night's game. But I think for, for a home opener for an almost return to normal for a night that we're remembering a life lost for a team that is expected to just be bottom of the barrel. Nobody believes, you know, that any good or positive things are going to happen, you know, for a team that's starting a brand new coaching system with a brand new leadership core with all, all of these things, all the things that everyone knows that the blue jackets have been going through to come into nationwide arena to experience all those things. And like you said, hear that cannon go off eight times in a row. Um, I don't think that we could have asked for a better, you know, no, it's not going to be what happens every night. No, it may never happen again this season that we score that many goals or we win by that much of a lead, but it's what the fan base needed. It's what the players needed. I mean, seeing the players afterwards in their post-game interviews, even during the game, just the just the energy and the lightness that they you could tell they had. And just, you know, even for themselves being like, okay, okay, like we can, we can, we can figure some stuff out. And Lars is right. There were definitely some things that they could do better. Um, there were some messy, some of these goals that we'll go through were messy, messy goals. Um, but you know, they, they figured some stuff out. I don't know what's happening on my phone. Um, they figured some stuff out and made it worthwhile for any fan in that building to be a part of that game. Um, and yeah, no, no regrets. Here, I am not an unrealistic fan. I know that this may not occur <laughs> ever again in this season, but I liked it. I liked it for our first. I like to see so many players on the board for scoring. I mean, 
we started with tax followed by Oliver. Um, that's actually not right. Or is it? Oh, no, it is. Um, tax and then Oliver Boone, Oliver again, newbie Jake Bean gets on the board. Um, Zach comes through, Max comes through with a big goal. Um, and then of course, rounding it all out with Gus Nyquist. I mean, those are just like the high and mighties, like getting a lot of attention, bringing that energy and yeah, it was just, it was a lot of fun. It was. And I think the biggest part, um, the biggest important part of Max Dummies goal is obviously Cole Sillinger's first NHL point. So Cole Sillinger gets his first point uh, as a member of the Columbus Blue Jackets, which was really cool. A good play by him uh, to make sure that Max could control the puck. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, like Oliver's, uh, I believe it was, if not his first, well, I guess that's kind of not saying much, right? I think it was the second goal. It was just, like, such, like, a fluke. Like, I cannot believe that the puck went in. It's just, like, put it on net, I guess, see what happens, because pretty much Carter Hutton was Swiss cheese, um, and most things were getting through him. Uh, you know, a rough night, of course, uh, for him. I mean, just considering the fact um <laughs> not too often in the league do you have a goalie have uh 69% save percentage and the blue jackets were shooting 30%. I have breaking news folks the blue jackets will not shoot at 30% all season. That's why like for me like it's just hard. This game is hard. Um Arizona's the, the like Kachina like logos though on the on the new Bree brand look real good. They look real good. This was jersey weekend. Yes, it was. It was very much so Jersey weekend. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not much else to say about opening night because it was just a landslide victory and nobody really, even Lars was like, I'm not, criti I'm, he's like, I'm not outwardly critiquing anything because like, it was just a great night overall for everyone and there's no need to like rain any disdain down on anything so yeah it was it was just a great night it was so much fun and yeah it was it was just a great time and then uh the whole evening was it friday no when did seattle play nashville they played thursday the same night that we played yeah thursday as well so the whole time jeremy in our seats is going oh i really hope they don't beat nashville I really hope they don't beat Nashville because I, I wanna I wanna see the, their first win. And I'm going, no, sir. Ew, that you would bring that energy on the podcast. Um, a I think we need to be conversation. If we're gonna later on, I will be admitting one of my wrongs, so it's only fair. Yeah, your wrong makes sense. My wrong also makes sense. It does not. It does. How many people can say that they saw the first ever franchise win for any franchise ever? Not that many. many people? So all I was saying was how cool would that have been? It would have been cool. It didn't happen. So the point is moot. Um, and we move on from it. And we need to, we can bury it. Um, what mm -hmm. we did get to see, however, was the Kraken's first ever um, overtime loss. We saw the first ever game played in overtime for the Seattle Kraken, and we saw their first ever overtime loss. So 
if you want to hold that for a trivia question at some point down the line, you most certainly can do that. Um, but my, oh my, you want to talk about a game, you go from scoring however many, I mean, like, just like basically whatever you want, you're scoring however often you would like on Thursday to after a period of this game, or, um, it might even been after the second period, like the expected goals total was just like 0.33 to like 0.1. I mean, just a snooze fest of, of a two periods. Um, obviously the crack can take a one, nothing lead. Brandon Tano scored. And, uh, you know, after the second period, you know, finally things start picking up. The blue jackets actually start playing. Um, <laughs> they start playing hockey again. I mean, like they just, neither team could establish anything. Uh, and it was just so hard to watch. It was brutal <laughs> to, to watch that game. Um, and so finally, of course, um, breaking the scoring was Eric Robinson. That I have to say that like that third line or fourth line, excuse me, um, has just been really impressive. I mean, they haven't necessarily done what other lines have done in the first couple of games and just racked up point after point. But their ability to create and, you know, just – on, on the opposite of that, like just shut down and not let anything be created uh, has been really impressive to me. Uh, I, I have a lot of a lot of time for that fourth line right now. And I'm really excited to see like what they continue to do because I don't see that that getting broken up anytime soon. Um, you know, I think Hoffman has more than proven himself to be somebody who can hold his own, like can play in the NHL after so many years of playing overseas and and not really having his chance in the NHL quite yet. And I think Robinson is just so damn fast. And I think Corrali brings this energy that's just like something different. Um, it feels like we have a fourth line again. And I know that sounds weird, but like it just like feels like the fourth line was for the last couple of years, just where the the extra pieces went and there was no real method or madness, like method to the madness. It was just madness. And now it feels like that fourth line has an identity. And I think that's a real positive for this team. Yeah, Saturday from the get was like an uphill battle for everyone involved, um, including us, in which it was an uphill battle to get to the parking garage and park. Not loving, not loving when the crew are playing, not no. loving the, the duality. No, it was it was no it was no fun. Um, thankfully, just remember, friends, know your uh, friends levels. And when their levels are too low to be socially acceptable, that you make them a sandwich before you leave. So that... Yeah, I wasn't having it. And I, I still am being triggered when I think about the experience of trying to get into that parking garage. Um, but we made it. Absolute zoo. Um, but yes, we did make it. We caught the game. And it was a good one in the end. Of course, Patrick Laine scores the overtime winner. Um you know, Zach Wierenski, Max Domi um, come together for the assists on that goal. Um, and again, it's just like the thing that I mentioned earlier where it just feels like this team like could never score in an overtime. Like they just couldn't generate any offense and it, like it didn't take really any time at all for, for the other team to score. Like we would just go like less than a minute and almost every overtime it felt like. And so nice to not have that be the reality of uh this overtime on saturday and really nice to see them pull away with a win i think it's just really fun to not watch seth jones nick and cam starting overtime when they're like the three players that shouldn't be starting in an overtime 
Uh, so it was really interesting to be able to see like what 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 overtime could look like now, right? Like, um, you know, it was uh, Oliver, it was Boone, and it was uh, it was Zach that started uh, the overtime. Now Boone, you know, left the ice after he won the faceoff. I think Gus came on, uh, and that was really kind of your starting your starting three once the faceoff got won. Uh, but then to see, you know, to then see Patrick settle on and, you know, Max to play with Zach was, was really cool. I like seeing a little bit of a switch up, but I like seeing Patrick line. I get overtime time because he is literally the most skilled player on this team. Like when you think about putting him in space, putting him on a three on three situation and guess what he gets to do. He gets to do the damn thing now. And I'm really excited about that. Yes, he gets to be Patrick Line doing Patrick Line shit uh, in overtime or on power plays. Um, yeah, it was it was nice to see an overtime win, and it was kind of like nerve wracking because it took us so long to get that Robinson goal, uh, which we didn't get until like midway through the third period, um, and you know everyone was still like riding that high of the like big win two nights before. Um, and so, you know, you didn't want to see that kind of like go up and smoke right away. Uh, so the energy and like so many people have been talking about it on social media, like the energy in nationwide arena after Robbie got that goal was just like so electric and people were hype. I mean, lower bowl was standing like, you know, and especially once we got into overtime, um, and a lot of the players talked about it too. Like just the feeling in the arena changed after Robbie scored and really pushed the team into that, like much needed energy boost for OT. And yeah, it was exciting. It was exciting to watch it go in and, you know, just have that moment and nice to be like, I don't think I've ever seen a season where we won the first two games. Where we won the first two games. So, you know, for me, this is a first. I like it. It was fun. And I have zero expectations for moving forward. Um, but it was it was a hockey weekend and it was awesome. So it was. I, I think like what's interesting is like when you come away from this weekend, you feel really good about knowing that you're two and zero. But I think like you look at some of these underlying stats, and I think like what what we know to kind of be true is still possibly true, and that's that this team this team is still possibly going to run into some roadblocks. Uh, as far as their Corsi four, they're twenty fifth in the league. Like, and and what what doesn't happen very often is that you are twenty fifth in the league in Corsi, and you um you keep winning. <laughs> that doesn't usually keep going. Um, expected goals for uh, force percentage, forty-two percent to the fifty-eight of the opponent, and and yet still somehow, some way, of course, they forced seventy-four percent of the goals <laughs> against against their opponents. So I mean, like things, like obviously, like we'll start to to balance out a little bit. Um, I think, you know, obviously, like all love to the player, like. I think you saw that that Cole Cylinder like didn't have a bad game, but like didn't like excel in the way that he did against Arizona on Saturday. And so like again, like these are the moments that are going to happen uh, moving forward, and that's okay. Uh, you know, I think 
similarly like a player that made it through the Arizona game without really much movement. I mean, really there wasn't much movement on the lines in the Arizona game because like, why would there be? Um, but I mean, Alexander Texier getting booted from the top line replaced by Boone Jenner. Um, you know, shout out to, to our friend Jeff Svoboda for predicting that Boone Jenner was going to be the one that played most time between, between line A and Voracek. And so far he might be on something. Uh, so definitely some things to take away. I think from that Seattle game, uh, some question marks about some, some people's health, which we'll talk about, I, I think like in a, in a little bit. Um, but Laura, as far as thinking through like this weekend, um, who are the three players? We're going to do this new segment every week um, or every episode, I should say, where we take the games that have previously occurred in between the episodes. And we're going to tell you who our three stars are of that period of time. So, so for example, this episode, we are talking about our three stars from this weekend. Uh, I, I'm just making Thursday weekend. Like, I don't, I keep saying that, but um, Thursday and Saturday, the games against Arizona and Seattle, who were your three stars? We weren't working. So it counts as a long weekend. So, um, so my, so do you want me to do all three? Yes. Okay. So, Starting with my third star of this hockey opening weekend, I'm going to go with Captain Boone Jenner. Uh, Boone had an incredible game on Thursday against Arizona. Um, And just overall, um, yeah, he didn't get on the scoreboard on Saturday. But, I mean, he's consistently winning faceoffs. He's out there. He has really started coming into his own as far as like holding that C and what that means and what that means for the team. So he's out there debating with refs. He's out there, you know, encouraging, even if it is just going out there to win a face off and going back to the bench, like he understands his role and he is there to do it to the best of his ability. Um, and I just love seeing him come into that. And like I said, against um Arizona he had a great game and I'm just excited to see how he goes um from here so he is my third star of the weekend my second star of the weekend goes to Mr. Oliver Yorkstrand um Oliver is ready he is ready to like come out of whatever shadow he has been in for the last couple of years and as we've predicted in earlier episodes um Oliver is going to be a lead by example leader on this team and he is ready to get his numbers up there. He is ready to show um, that people have been underselling him and uh, for a number of years. And I'm excited. I like the energy. Um, I would have loved, he tried so hard to get a hat trick on Thursday. Like you could feel it. He was just, he really wanted to get that third goal. Um, and we'll see it. We will see an Oliver hat trick uh, this season for sure. Uh, but yeah, I'm just impressed with his energy. And I think he's going to do a lot of great things. And then I don't think anyone will be surprised by this, but my number one star of the weekend is Elvis Moore's Lincolns. Uh, he just radiates this team. and to have him have the emotional capacity to get through the tribute and all of it and wearing 80 on Thursday and just having all of that and still perform as well as he did and still perform as well as he did on Saturday. Um, I think we're definitely looking at 
Elvis's moment this year. And so, yeah, from an emotional standpoint and from a play standpoint, Elvis is my number one star. Yeah, I I wasn't sure if you'd go with Elvis one. There's another player that like wasn't in your top three that I thought was going to be in your top three and he wasn't. Um, I, yeah, 100%. Um, so for me, I think my three is El- or not Elvis, excuse me, Oliver for similar reasons. Like I think, um, you know, he, he kind of got like, I don't want to say he got shut down on, on Saturday, but like, I just didn't like, he really wasn't. And to be fair, like no penalties called on Seattle in Saturday's game. So the power play that looked really effective against, uh, Arizona, but again, firing on, you know, <laughs> a piece of soggy cardboard, like everything was going through. Uh, but, but yeah, I think like him being kind of shut down on Saturday, put him down a little bit on my radar, um, down to three. Uh, I think Max is your second star of the week. Like I think for Max don't mean to go from like, not originally having been, um, expected to start the season, let alone like play any kind of meaningful minutes until, roughly November, December to then go in and have a four point weekend. Um, you know, same as Oliver, he had one goal, three assists. Uh, it's impressive to me. Like, and, and I think he was doing it a lot on Saturday hurt and he gets uh, an assist on the game winning goal by Patrick line. like, I think just he, he to me, looked like a player that wanted to be here and he looked like he felt like he had something to prove in doing so. I just really hope that he's well. Um, Cause the last thing that I want for to have happened is like, he came back too soon for that very reason. And, and, you know, jeopardizes any part of the rest of his season. So I'm really hopeful that that is not the case, but, but it has to be Elvis Merzlikens one, right? Like for similar reasons that you said, I think just being able to, to have the emotional capability to to play a game in a position that like is probably the most mentally taxing uh, is really impressive. I think, I mean, even just from a, from the standpoint of he let up 1.47 goals on the weekend and had a 948 save percentage that's impressive stuff. Like that's impressive stuff at any point in time, let alone all the extra circumstances that you mentioned. And so I agree with you. Elvis has to be your number one star. And I think what I liked the most about this weekend, and I think it's something that you disagreed with before the game, um, is that I am glad that Elvis started on Saturday. I know you kind of wanted Corby to start on Saturday. And so, um, I am glad that he did not. And I'm glad that Elvis had the net because for the first time in a while, again, like it feels like you have a starting goaltender, like not, not to discredit the work of the last season and a half of, of shared work between the two, but it felt like for the first time you had a starting goaltender between the two of these players. I think it's a starting goaltender that we all expected even probably before Elvis's contract extension was signed, but most certainly it's the, it's the player that we expected after the contract extension was signed. And so that felt good. That felt good to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And you're, I went back and forth in my head between Oliver and, well, I, I don't really want to, I've, I was always going to have Boone in my top three because I love him, but um, I went back and forth between Oliver and Max, but I had hoped based on our previous conversations off of the podcast that you would pick Max so that he would, get the attention he deserves because we all, he just, he also did incredible, but 
as we'll talk about in a second, I am concerned uh, now that he may have gotten himself injured. But I like that we were pretty consistent on our three stars. And, you know, again, it should be no shock to anyone that Elvis was our number one for both of us. And, you know, we're not doing, you know, Lars has been very consistent in saying that this is going to be based on performance. And I did sort of question to see if they would, he would contemplate having Corby do it because, you know, just to sort of see, because he hasn't, I mean, he only played, uh, Corby only played in one of the exhibition games. So, you know, but Elvis, I mean, Elvis needs that consistency and he, I mean, you can see it in him. He wants to be the, the number one starting goaltender. And again, that is nothing. This is not Corby being, Corby is a number one starting goaltender. It's just we currently have two number one starting goaltenders. And that's a problem. It's not a terrible problem, but it's a problem. That's um, what I was going to say. It's a good problem to have. <laughs> so, like, you know, it's just, it is one of those things. And we'll see as we have different teams coming up um, this week whether or not Corby does get a shot at um, getting the start in the net. You know, we shall see. But Elvis doesn't seem to be slowing down anytime soon. So, you know, it's it's going to be a wild ride. Agreed. And we're so glad we got to bring you a new segment. That was fun. And we're looking forward to doing that week after week. We're going to be able to continue doing that for you week after week because of our good friends at DraftKings. Another week of the NFL season means another shot to win big at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. The last zero zero tie in the NFL was when if you last if you listen to the last episode, you know it was 1943. So again, no brainer. If the sports book isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Uh, everyone can play for huge cash prizes all seasons long uh, with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Throw down $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, so one thing that you could take a gamble on is whether or not the Blue Jackets are going to win their third game um, in a row. It's something they didn't do last year, like something they literally did not do one time last year, which was win three games in a row. Um, you know, like I saw all sorts of tweets, all sorts of things saying, oh, wow, like the Blue Jackets have already tied their longest win streak for last year, and they have two games, it's, and, you know, we'll take it. Uh, and they could go into Detroit like pretty – pretty plausibly and you know compete for a third win of the season at little caesar's arena detroit has looked pretty good though um at the start of the season um specifically <laughs> um the unvaccinated himself uh <laughs> um tyler Bertuzzi um has just been um 
you know, a problem for teams. He has five points in two games. He's looked really good. Uh, so if he could stop that sometime soon, that would be great. He scored four goals against Tampa Bay <laughs> on the 14th. Like, that's just freaking stupid. Uh, so first NHL player to ever score a goal without getting a shot. Very funny. Thank you. <laughs> I'm here all week. And um, it's also stolen content. I saw it on Twitter, so. Okay, it's fine. Um, yeah, the Detroit game is going to be interesting. I mean, they're currently uh, one win, one, I believe, overtime loss. Um, so, you know, and they've had some some pretty feisty moments. Mr. Dylan Larkin himself got himself suspended uh, for a game. So I don't believe he will be playing against us on Tuesday. Uh, so... That will be interesting. But what I love in looking at, and I know that this will change, this will change. But according to uh, my NHL app, um, you know, we are weirdly the first in power play uh, in the league right now. So like screenshot everyone that may never happen again this season, but it's nice to see, uh, to see us in, in that sort of, and we're like six in faceoffs. Which I that's also the part. Appreciated. That's the part that's pretty exciting. Although again, Arizona and then Seattle has like no depth at center whatsoever. Like Alexander Wenberg is like their center, and that's really pretty much it. It was the exception of Yanni Gord when he gets healthy, but um, but yeah, I do think um, I do think, however, Dylan Larkin will play because the first it was the first game that he got suspended from which was against Tampa Bay, and then they played Vancouver on Saturday. So that was the game he was suspended for. So he will be back. Maybe we'll be able to watch Dylan Larkin and Zach Wierenski fight again. Uh, That would be fun. (laughs) It was just really such a weird turn of events. I am glad that we were able to make it um, two games before we played a team that we saw explicitly last year. Uh, So that was really exciting to play two teams that weren't. Yeah, well, and that we had a, a bit of a back and forth with during the exhibition games. So it's going to be interesting to see how things go on Tuesday, but exciting nonetheless. Yeah, I'm just overplaying Detroit. Like, I'm just really kind of over it. Like, if we don't have to do it again, I'm overplaying. I'm overplaying any of the teams that we played last year. Because we saw them, like, I'm going to be mad still the first time we play Chicago because I don't want to. So. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm personally very excited for the first time we play Chicago for the Seth Jones return, just to see how that goes. Um, although the first time we do play Chicago is uh, December 28th in Chicago. So I guess uh, we'll have to wait until um, and I know is that, is that the home time that we play Chicago? No, it's away. The 28th is away. Okay, I can't wait for the home game that we play Chicago. Yeah, January 11th. The season ticket holders who sit behind us at the arena have a lot of feelings about Seth Jones and spend a lot of time making comments about Seth Jones. And so I am interested to see how this goes when he returns to Nationwide for the first time. You but, say it as if you as if you know that he won't 
score a hat trick, his first ever NHL hat trick, and that he won't. He's gonna Alexander Wenberg the shit out of us when he came back last year with Florida. Like, it's just gonna be. He's going to not play great all season, but he is going to absolutely shit on the Columbus Blue Jackets because that's that's Blue Jackets lore. That's how this works. If you're new here, welcome. Oh, uh, I fully I fully expect this. What I am interested to see is if the people who sit behind us, if they jump ship from their original opinions, which is, oh my God, Chicago is definitely eating shit with this contract with Seth Jones. Blah, 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 blah. If he comes and, like, is killing us, if the then conversation turns into, oh, my God, Seth Jones is amazing. Like, blah, 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 blah. Like, I'm just intrigued by that. But Agreed. That's more about the occupy side of hockey. I can't remember how we got here from covering the fact that we're playing Detroit on Tuesday uh, because of teams that we don't want to see again. Um, I was like, were we, how did, how did Detroit um, turn into this? <laughs> um, but uh, this is what we get when we try to actually have segments so things make sense and the things run. We actually don't follow the segments at all, and we just talk about whatever the fuck we want to. And uh, you, you're subscribed to us, so you have to. Sorry. Um, so, so, yeah, I think it'll be interesting. Uh it is the only game between now and then. So, uh, you know, not a ton else to like look forward to. I think again, we can talk about, um, in turn, like some of the things that have happened since, um, you know, since the game on Saturday that are going to affect the game on Tuesday. Um, a lot of uh, speculation roaming around wondering whether or not somebody is going to be coming out of the lineup, whether for injury or for other reasons, because, um, right winger Igor Chinakov was sent down to Cleveland since we last talked to you all, but he's back now. He's been called back up. He just wanted to go down or I guess North on 71, score his first AHL goal and then come back. And so he is back. Uh, you know, you wonder if that is one of those, like bringing, bringing somebody back to like practice with the NHL squad to then send him back to the AHL. It's one of those benefits that you have of having Cleveland as your affiliate where you can literally just like go back and forth with ease. And so maybe that's all it is, and maybe we're reading into it too much. But um, I do think that it is possible. Again, there's speculation that maybe maybe Max isn't 100% uh, after getting beaten up a little bit in the Seattle game. Of course, obviously, like he finished the game uh, and, you know, was involved in the game-winning goal. But uh, a lot of questions surrounding why the the transaction was made, uh, you know, especially um, having just brought – Oh my God! Was it Danforth? Who did they just bring up to put on yeah. when they moved him down? It was Danforth. Danforth um, bringing... moved up. They have not recalled. They have not placed him back in Cleveland. He's right. also. But that, I believe, was in response to Bemstrom, who is now injured and out for the next four to six weeks with a. Uh, what is this muscle? Oblique. Oblique no. strain. Was it oblique? Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, so it's not a matter of like necessity necessarily. Like they have Danforth who could step in for somebody who, if they were coming out. So it does like, there are questions. Maybe it is just like, maybe it's time. They're just like, we're just going to give the kid a try. We're going to see what happens. You wonder who's going to come out if he's, 
if if everybody's well, like if everybody's healthy, like I can't imagine right now it's hard to, to take somebody out, at least in my opinion. Actually, I'm lying to you. There is one person that I don't know that I would be surprised about if, if they got taken out. Are you going with the person that we talked about before? Because there's a kind of a natural person if you look at the lines that they were practicing with before Chinnikov got sent to Cleveland, which would be Gregory Hoffman. No, I just think you can't break up that fourth line like I talked about. Like, I think they've played so well. I think they have an identity, and I don't think Igor Chinnikov is a part of that identity. But are you talking about pulling... Let's see how well you know me and my thought process. Ooh, are you talking about pulling, like, Tex out? Okay. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I, I just, I, I don't know. And, like, it's hard, right? Because that's not, like, natural. Like, obviously, like, the team is trying to make Tex work at center. I don't, I don't know. I mean, like, there are moments. Like, he has moments where I'm like, oh, this is great. Like, and so I think the potential is absolutely certainly there. I think that maybe he's just who you go with if you want to try to get him in there. Because, again, like, Texas playing a top nine role. Um, right now, I think that that's where you have to plug Janakov in. And I think when you look at the nine players right now who are in those roles, like that's the player to me that's the most susceptible if if nobody's hurt, like if nobody's being pulled out uh, for the sake of, of health. And and so we'll see. We'll see if that's what happens. Um, you know, obviously, like he can be scratched. Like it doesn't mean that he'd be like moved down or whatever. But uh, I will be interested to see if maybe that's that's what happens. Yeah, and obviously we are, I mean, this is going to be the third game of the 82-game season. So, like, we're clearly in a really early spot, and Lars has not been shy with saying that he's going to, you know, change things up slightly. Obviously, if things are working for a line, he's not going to be, it's not going to, I don't believe that we're going to see the kinds of things that we saw with Torts, where he would break up lines more often. Like, I think he's going to give lines time to you know, solidify and find a rhythm if possible, if he sees enough good outside of the like growing pain side of it. But I definitely think since we are, I mean, we are the youngest team in the NHL. So we have a lot of young players who are, you know, still trying to feel their way through. He's not going to be shy about flipping out some people just in these first few weeks, just to see what happens. Cause if magic happens, then that's going to be great for everyone. Um, but yeah, so it'll be interesting. I really hope that it's not because Max is injured. Um, but if so, this is, you know, one of those opportunities where we get to see what he can do when he's, you know, called in, like when Chanakov is called in to, you know, show your stuff. Like, cause if Max is injured, Max could be out for, a couple of weeks. So we're going to need someone who can fill those shoes on a regular basis. Um, but obviously fingers crossed that Max is not because his, his energy and his ready to go ness has just been so awesome. And you and I talked about, and <laughs> we were coming home from a, a thing on Friday and talking hockey as we do. And just Max's attitude of, I want to be a blue jacket. Please let me be a blue jacket. I want to be here. I want to be on this team and not in like a bad cheesy, like begging kind of way, but just in a, he's ready. He's ready to be done being injured. He's ready to show what he can do. 
and show that much like Patrick Laine, who we'll talk a little bit more about in just a second, you know, he's ready to show that last season was not him and that there's so much more to his game and to what he can bring to this team. So fingers crossed he's not injured again, or that at least he's not injured for the long haul. Agreed. Max Domi does not listen to this podcast, but he's going to catch wind that like some random Blue Jackets podcast was talking about how he was injured. And he's just going to be like, what the fuck do you mean? I'm do- I'm fine. Like, he's going to be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Because this is 100%, well, not 100%, but pretty speculative <laughs> on our end. And but we'll we're not the only people who have like right. hinting around at this. Agreed. So we're just Agreed. the only people that put it out into the real universe. Where other people can hear it. A great idea for us, really. Um, so we are going to have a new segment in the future where we talk about, um, you know, us. We're foodies. We like a, we like to eat. We like a snack. Um, sometimes, if you participate in our polls, you'll see that there is always a snack option. There always will be. There has to be. It's part of. It's it's in our coat of arms. It's in our DNA, whatever it is. Out of our snack, we rise. Um, <laughs> um, and so, God, I'm an idiot. But um, we will be trying snacks from whoever, wherever, whatever um, that we've never had before, and we'll react to them like on the podcast, just for shits and gigs. Because, like, you know, sometimes things are slow. Sometimes you don't have a lot to talk about. Um, and if it's a blue jackets, you have to talk about it all at once because that's how it works here. Uh, so one of the so we don't have a snack today. Um, but Laura is wearing a snack, if you will. Um, because she's finally ready to admit her wrong. If you listen to the last episode, I believe, or like the episode before, Laura makes mention that when she um, is finally ready to admit that she was incorrect, that she was going to make a purchase and that she was going to wear said purchase um, as a result. And so after his game-winning goal, the finisher himself saving all of Columbus on Saturday, Miss Norman is here to admit her wrong. So I'm, Laura, I, I'll give you the floor. I'll let you be the one. Thank you. Thank you. Um First of all, I'm choosing positivity. So I thought about letting this go another couple of games to see what happened. But because I love the Blue Jackets fans and their energy and this city and how everyone just, you know, is all about Patrick Line, I've decided to... To put aside my grievances and focus on the positivity that hopefully Patrick Liney will bring to this team this season. So this is going to be fun because I don't know how. So here we go. I not only purchased, but am wearing a fifth Liney shirt. And I hope... That not only does his style stay fresh, but so does his goal scoring abilities. I have a book. 
I have a book by Harriet Lerner. She's okay. a sociologist. Uh-huh. Um, and it's called You Should Apologize. And what do you really apologize for? And it because talks I don't... about and it talks about how to form an apology. That an apology is not for the person who is who is saying the apology, but it is for the person who has been wronged. Um, I feel like you tiptoed a lot around the the Patrick Line slander of years past and just of dove year into past. the of year, year past. past. Not Sorry. even year. Same year. It's still 2021. <laughs> All right, so year pass. It's just that the hostility has been so strong that it feels mm-hmm. like it spanned years. Um, we tiptoed around that and just went straight into the positive. So I just wanted to like make sure and 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 like name that and like put assign value to that. So that way, when we can have a more meaningful conversation in the future, like we can revisit and we can have like a deeper moment. But mm-hmm. I do, I do, on behalf of Patrick Line, a think about accepting your. Apology. Oh, you're going to think about it. I spent $31 on this shirt. So. Sometimes the cost good. is more than financial. Mm. I think you've done half the battle. <laughs> we oh were looking God. up snacks to purchase from Finland last night. I think I'm good. <laughs> but as promised, I am wearing the shirts. So, ta-da. There she is. Well, if you like Laura's Fifth Line shirt, you can get it at the Blue Line. This is me doing more free advertising. Um, But. Wait. uh, Are we not going to talk about who we met? We'll leave it for later because it could affect things later. So we'll, we'll keep that to ourselves. It's on Twitter. You all can look at our Twitter. Where can they find our Twitter, Laura? Fine. I'm really sad that you're not going to let me tell the story, but it's fine. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Subjectively Speak. Nope, that's not right. At Subjectively Pod. Um, We are at, this is just, I was incredible. I look at the numbers way more than Jeremy does, and he gets mad at me because I get emotionally attached. But we're at like 650 followers on twitter and that is just astounding to me because i think that we started the off season with like 220 and 649 oh my god we lost a follower see this is what happens we're actually at 653 i was just being an asshole see friends this is what i deal with um Anyway, so yeah, that's amazing. And uh, we just love interacting with people on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can also follow us on Facebook at Subjectively Speaking. Um, you can check out our website, subjectivelyspeaking.com. If you want some super cool merch to wear to games, you can check out our merch store, subjectivelyspeaking.threadless.com. We've got a lot of really cute cold weather items, things that you can wear as a games. Um, it would be very helpful because it's very cold. And it's actually finally cold-ish in Ohio. So, but yeah. And then rate, review, and subscribe wherever you are listening to us at. Um, we hit, I believe, 36 five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts this week. So that was super exciting. 35. Um, 35? I'm just being an asshole again. 
You guys, this is seriously. <laughs> he makes me look dumb. And then he gets joy out of it. Um, but yeah, we don't know why it matters, but it does. And it helps other people find our little show and helps spread the Blue Jackets fandom. So if you haven't yet, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, subscribe on Spotify or wherever you're listening. We greatly appreciate it. Um, And yeah, we've got a lot of fun content coming your way. We're only two games in, so buckle up, folks. (laughs) It keeps going. It keeps going. And it is going to regularly keep coming to you on Mondays and Thursdays, uh, trying to get episodes out around noon. So you can start listening to them at your lunch hour if you'd like, uh, or on your way home on Mondays to kind of get to kind of get ready for whatever is next. Uh, hopefully, hopefully the episodes don't outdate themselves too quickly. So uh, you're going to want to listen to them while they're hot because because we got a lot of episodes coming out this this season so we're really excited for it uh and we cannot wait to to come to your ears again on thursday to talk about the um blue jackets and the red wings but until then take care of yourselves and we will talk soon bye